briefly in, in the context of that uh, awful one they dropped to Carolina um, at the weekend. Um, the Colts continue to be probably one of the the darlings for neutrals this season. A, a, a team's you know ascent despite the loss of their putative quarter uh, quarter franchise quarterback and Anthony Richardson. And it's it's been an exciting ride for them and uh, probably put Shane Steichen to be fair in the conversation for coach of the year. Absolutely, Brandon Money's done it for nice parts of the season. He's just done there with a, with a backup quarterback. It, this this strikes me as a tale of two teams with quarterback issues in the sense of <clears throat> where they've had to kind of deal with these things over the course of the season. Anton Richardson was gone very early with a number of concussions and Gardner Minshew came in and there was ups and downs with him, peaks and trots, and we see that with him throughout the course of his career. But the one thing the Colts have recognised is he is the best guy who gives an opportunity to win these games, whether we like the way the dynamic of how he plays the game offensively. Like he'll, he'll take risks, he'll take gamble, he'll he'll put his head in when he goes on, on a particular run. He's he's quite good on the get on the perimeter in terms of you know the run pass option. He's gone in for a number of touchdowns and there's been struggles. We saw despite winning in, in Germany how proud he was he couldn't really move the ball whatsoever. And there's been games like that, even the game a couple weeks ago with Titans. And then you look at the other side of the the coin. The Falcons can't make up their own minds where they're at with a quarterback because we saw earlier on in the season they were winning but Ritter wasn't playing great and Arthur Smith was defending him. He was challenging him, pushing back on the media saying, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Then he has it really... He probably played poor in other games and that was the game that he finally moved away from. Then he brings him back. Now he's gone back to Taylor Hardy. They're one game out winning the division and this, for me, this chapter and changing Makes no sense. You know, you, have, you just have to run. You have to run the table with Ritter, whether you like it or not. That's from my personal opinion. They've put themselves in the position. You just have to see it out now. But obviously not the case. They're gone back. I, I'm going to go to the Colts. Uh, I'm I'm rambling on here. But the reality is right now, the Colts are a much better team. They're functioning better. The team know what, they, what they're getting from Minshew. They know what they're getting from the coach. I don't believe the Falcons players know what they're getting from the quarterback, from the head coach. It's too much chopping and changing. They are at home, but I believe the Colts will go in there. And keep their dream alive and been in the playoffs come January. Yeah, Falcons owner Arthur Blank didn't exactly sound uh, resounding or robust in his defence of Arthur Smith when he was asked the obvious question this week. Um, I think pretty much everybody feels the same way on that one. It's going to be taxi for Arthur Smith, that is not Blank, at the end of the season. These two teams look like they're moving in very different directions. Um, it's Colts as well for me, Colin. George Michael and Andrew Richley. Uh, as the dynamic duo of Wham sang last Christmas, and it is the last Christmas for Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I mean, Connor, we talked about it on Monday night's show. Arthur Blank had come into the press conference. He didn't make eye contact. He re- didn't want to talk to the media afterwards because he had many thoughts. Well, he outlined those thoughts on, on Tuesday in an interview. Um, and it, I mean, reading between the lines, it's already going. Uh, one way. It's a shame because I really think there is fantastic talent in this Falcons team, but they have regressed. They've lost their identity in, as Brian w- was outlining. They co- This is a team that were fantastic at rushing the ball la- last year. They added they added weapons and yet they have regressed. Um, like, you look at it. Bijan is, is not playing well, but he's actually gotten worse as the season has gone on. Kyle Pitts has gotten worse the more time he spent there. He was setting records in his rookie season. He's gotten worse as time has gone on. I mean, this is the antithesis of King Midas that we are witnessing before our eyes. Um, the, you know, I, I think Shane Steichen, by contrast, uh, given what's going on with the Eagles and how poor they look in terms of moving the ball, 
Um, he looks like actual King Midas. I'm going to say that the Coles can keep it running and I would wholeheartedly concur with what you said earlier regarding Shane Steichen should be in the Coach of the Year conversation. All right, Seahawks and Titans is next up. Um, one that I, I find quite difficult to pick um, and, you know, yeah. I'm not alone in that. The bookies have this as a, as a three-point game. I think Seattle are three-point favourites with Quinn Bet. Um you can look at both of these teams over the last, even the last couple of weeks as a sample and say Titans went and beat Miami and beat them up and um, really physically intimidated them, did everything that you'd expect a Mike Vrabel team, team to do and put the doubt in Miami's minds that they obviously got their get-right game against the Jets. We'll talk about both of those teams uh, over the next couple of games. Seahawks, I thought, looked quite good against Dallas, probably put up the best performance that we've seen any team uh, manage in Arlington so far this season. Um, they were on the back of a four-game skid, and including that one, which they dropped despite the fact that it was tight. Then went and beat the Eagles, went and beat the Eagles quite well, as it, as it turned out um, over the weekend. Um, surprise for, for some people, but and it's put the Eagles in a difficult situation. Um, but that, that Seattle defense is suspect, and you're not getting behind them with a huge degree of confidence on the road. Um, Tennessee, on the other hand, coming off that loss, um, despite ro- rolling in with the... Uh, with the Houston Oilers jerseys and, and trolling the, the, the Texans um, didn't work out well for them. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's really outcoached. Um, Mike Vrabel had the Will Levis uh, injury as well. Uh, what have they got to play for really at this stage? You know, Seahawks still very much in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, they're going to need to pick this one up. Um, and I think that's probably ultimately what's going to carry it. Carroll is such a competitor, the Seahawks have probably looked slightly less than the sum of their parts and been quite disappointing. You know, they got a bit of a gem from Drew Locke and it's the QB uh, issue, I suppose, is one of the more interesting talking points in the run-up um, to this game, Brian. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm torn on this one. Um, and I'm actually going to need with the home side. And it might come as a surprise that I'm going against the Ox and you could argue they'd have all the momentum going into this game. But for three and a half quarters last week, the Eagles ran the ball down the Seahawks' throat. And that's been happening quite a lot over the course of the last five or six weeks during those this slide. Cowboys did it to them. And you could argue that these teams are really effective run games, so it doesn't come as a surprise. And the, the Eagles got away from it a bit towards the end and they had opportunity went deep on a number of throws, which just didn't make sense. They were trying to do the killer, the killer play to get get the game over and done with. And well, what a time and time again, Derrick Henry, when he comes off a really bad game, tends to have a, a, a reemergence the following week. And I mean you can't go come back off a poorer game than sixteen yards rushing and Little receptions. It was a it was a dire performance from last weekend, but I am going to go with the Titans. I think Will Levis. We saw a huge game from the week before, so maybe it was inevitably that kind of bit of a, a come down after that game. But I still think just bright spots from him. And I think in this game, if it's again, it's ultimately going to come down to as well who who's playing quarterback. Because Colin rightly called it out was Shulock might have had a great drive. Where was he for the other three quarters? And where you know he has these bowerheaded plays in him and on the road. I think it's. It's one way. If he does play, I think the Titans will find a way to get to him. And for me, it's a Titans victory in a surprise. Colm? Um, well, we just want to, like, good for Drew Locke the other night, right? He he got it, but he, he got all the laurels in the world and he did the post-game um, interview on the field and everyone, um, you know, kind of loved it. Um, and it was like, oh, he didn't get a fair shot in Denver and why didn't Vic Fangio like him? 
Well, this is why Vic, Cha Vic Fangio didn't like him, just to highlight, right? Because the COVID game that people may remember um, and the Broncos story when it initially came out was the quarterbacks had done nothing wrong. They were being hard done by. Well, there you go. The league denied those reports because surveillance video from Denver's facility showed the quarterbacks had tried to fool the system. They removed their contract tracing devices and put them in the four corners of the meeting room and then sat together to watch film. They lied about it, okay? They lied about it. It was Once again, the cover-up was worse than the crime. That's why Denver had to play that game. That's why Vic Fangio had no time for Drew Locke. That's what happened in Denver. Now, if Drew owned that and uh, admitted it, cool, I'd be good to move on. We could all forget it. Instead, no, he denied it. He had his mom lie about it. Anyway, he now is in Seattle. He's with Pete. Pete and him have some interesting history. But... Kate Bush sang December will be magic again and I believe that will be the case for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. I think that things are, despite the fact that um, Will Levis appears to be some sort of crash test dummy, Connor, and he puts his body uh, in uh, different ways of harm and different levels of violence every single week, I don't think the Titans will have enough. I think, unfortunately, it is the law of diminishing returns for... Um, the Titans right now, I think the Seahawks had issues again the, the other night, but they were playing against a good Eagles team. They found a way to get it done. And I think no matter who the QB is, um, they will win this one. And I have them um, possibly sneaking back into the, the playoffs. All right, Brian Commanders at Jets is next up. The Jets shut out last weekend, well beaten by the Dolphins. And surprise, surprise, that uh, brought the curtain down on any chance that we might have of seeing Aaron Rodgers before the end of the season. As unlikely as that looked and as likely as he made it sound in his regular Pat McAfee appearances, that seems no longer to be something that's likely to happen this season. So it's a lost year for the Jets, officially eliminated from the playoffs, of course, by this stage. Um, something of a dead rubber here. What do you reckon? I think the storylines for this game are more so, again, what's happened inside of, uh, off the field or in, in the head office because Aaron Rodgers was on McAfee yesterday and are we getting away from the game? There's not a lot to say about this game with all due respect. Both sides are obviously going the wrong direction. I think it's it's only relevant that we speak about what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday because he said he's coming back, but not just coming back for one year. He's about playing for two or three years, maybe even four years. That's the way he feels right now. And then he also went on to say, I will be very much involved in the player uh, organization in terms of who we're going to look to recruit during the offseason. Then, and then the final caveat was, if they want me to be involved. I mean, this guy is essentially like, he is putting these guys left, right and center in the Jets organization. And it's just an absolute farce in my opinion. The guy is literally being controlled the dynamic of that organization since the minute he went in there to the minute he did hard knocks to the minute he got the injury. His... If we touched on it on Monday, his level of disgust on the sideline, which continues to be shown last weekend because he, re he realised he's not going to play this season and he had this dream of coming back and showing everybody and proving everybody wrong that he could come back from this injury. And then they said, he said, he, then he backtracked yesterday at McAfee and says, I'm not really there yet. And yet today they've activated him. It just, it's all, someone explained to me because I'm, I'm completely lost. It, um, Zach Wilson doesn't even look like he's going to play because he's obviously in the concussion protocol. Boilers on the street. So, um, Italy, Trevor Simeon, who has called him right, he called it a few weeks ago, shouldn't really be in the league anymore. Um, I think the Jets will somehow win because I think defensively, uh, they'll do enough to defensively be one of the better spots for him throughout the course of the season. And I saw the commanders for three quarters last week do nothing against a really strong Ram defense. So, um, 
it's the Jets for me, but the only thing the Jets are doing on Sunday is probably damaging their, their opportunity to be picking in the top five of the draft. Wolf, uh, I'm going to go Commanders here. I don't want really to spend any more time that is absolutely strictly necessary on this game, Colin. Um, I, I think um, I I find this I, honestly this is an absolute coin flip of a, a game um, and despite all the nonsense with the Jets and I think Brian you know has, has covered some of it but I, I honestly think you could do a whole episode on the dysfunction I think the commanders are on the beach um, I think they're absolutely in Cabo and I am going to say that the, the Jets um, and the MetLife turf, uh, we talk a lot about player safety, but the MetLife turf claims another few victims when the Jets get a victory. Right into the uh, the, the nine o'clock window, we have uh, Jags at Bucks. First up, Brian, Bucks the Baker Mayfield Indian summer. I don't know what we call a late honeymoon, but uh, it, it continues. Four touchdowns last week, uh, put up some big numbers to down the Packers. Uh, the Jags, meanwhile, it was all looking so good. You were actually talking about them as potentially the number one seed in the AFC just a few short weeks ago. Now it looks like they might be in the category of there's always one team that looks gassed and stumbles and misses out in the playoffs. We saw the Packers happen to the Packers last year. We've seen it happen to the Raiders, Chargers in, in previous seasons. The Jags need to kind of get out of that funk very, very quick. So the polar opposite to where they were this time last year where they went on the run late on to essentially win the division. Went to the playoffs and looked, they were absolutely looking like they were one and done until they had that fantastic second half recovery. But also, things have got gone right for them. Kind of right, called after today, their defense was a lot better on Sunday night than we probably give it credit for. Uh, like how many how many fumbles, how many missed opportunities, field goals missed, um, bad play calling with time, bad, bad timing, uh, sorry, clock management by Doug Peterson. Outrageously bad. Just one yeah, of the yeah. worst segments here. You're you're going to see where they end up not being able to get a playoff when they should have had a guaranteed three points, if not a shot at the end zone. It's it's one of the worst I've seen. Yeah, and and like, I was people say, "Ah, oh, well, it's only a field goal." It's not so much about that because they're in a tight game. There's momentum to be taken by going in before halftime, and he did in a few weeks ago on the road, and they kind of wavered. They won that game in in Houston. I don't recall there was an interception. He went down the sideline and he went down out of bounds at the two yard line. And he went for the play as opposed to taking the field goal. But look, anyway, that's Doug Peterson is is a is a head coach that always takes chances. Sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. Where on the other side, I would say the head coach there who going into the season was under a lot of pressure. And I think he's he's proven himself this year. And um, I remember when his first year with the Jets, he had a ten and six record. The second year, he was very poor, and they, they dismissed him immediately. And he's been waiting for so long to get his opportunity. And now, sure things, you know, probably the. The situation around Brady and the reality that he was going to walk away that year was probably too much for the team and he's never really performed. Obviously, he won a poor division. But the books right now are going in the right direction. And it's not so much Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's getting all the credit. But Mike Evans is having a fantastic season. Colin said it's a, it's a service to the player and, you know, the service is given to that team that they haven't signed them and put them on a new contract yet. And one of the leading nights, and I remember calling out last year when we were doing kind of players to look out for coming out of the rookie class and that was Rashid White, the running back, um, he's had a fantastic scene. He's dynamic, both in in the rushing game and in receptions. He's for me on Sunday. This is a Bucks win. Like this Bucks team, right now have to they have the opportunity to go and win this division. And I think I just I think Jacks are going to struggle again. And there's obviously the conversation whether Jared Oz will clear protocol. Doug Peterson said today, and look, he's trending in the right direction, but they're not playing well. So again, it's a, it's a it's a home victory for me, Bucks too. 
they're not playing well, Colin. Trevor Lawrence isn't playing particularly well. Um, is there a way it turns around this weekend? Um, well, I think the the Pistol Annie sang, if we can uh, just make it through December, uh, that would be what Doug uh, Pedersen, I think, would also be singing. But I, it's not looking good to to me, Connor. I, I don't think, I think Trevor Lawrence is playing hurt. I don't think he was playing particularly well this season. I think, understandably, over the course of the past couple of years, um, because his rookie season was a complete mess with Urban Meyer, uh, and then obviously uh, Doug comes in, but I, I, and I think many others were, you were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time, and I think rightfully so. Um, but I think things have changed um, now, right? He, he, they need him to step up, but unfortunately, he is injured, and the the defense, as I said on Monday, I do think it played a bit better than maybe I, I expected, but ultimately. Um, Josh Allen hasn't been as effective in recent weeks, and um, I, I again, I think that the Jags need the need this more. But I just think that the the Bucks are, you know, they have more. They know what they're about more at this point in time, which is is saying something. Now Baker Mayfield could go out there and lay an egg after. Um, his performance last week. We have seen him do that before. But I, I'm going to say that unfortunately um, for Stevie, the Irish Jaguar fan and the plenty of other fans on this side of the Atlantic uh, growing fan base um, and uh, JP Acosta has been on the show and others, I, I think the Bucks are going to win this and the Jags slide continues. Yeah, I agree, Colm. I think everybody's been waiting for the kind of Baker egg to be laid and, and for him to turn into the bad Baker but people tend to forget you know when there was good Baker that uh, that famous year in Cleveland when they went to the playoffs and he won a game a playoff game playing for the Cleveland Browns and was very much the man who carried them um, no, he, he can put it together he can put it, put a sequence of games together he's done that this season Brian you called out some of the weapons that, that have been at his disposal Mike Evans is not the only one Godwin had a great game with the weekend as you, as you yeah. rightly called out Rashad White has been very good um, defensively. They, you know, they they still got a mean pass rush when they put their mind to it, and they got some of the best, um, including Win- Winfield, some of the best uh, players in the secondary in in the league. And um, they're a sneaky good team. The books, you know, when when it clicks, and um, they're they're a match for most teams. And you know, I thought they kind of showed up the Packers last weekend. And um, I don't think the Jags are in great shape, and I think it's 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 going to be Tampa Bay. And um, our next game up is. Cardinals at Bears. Um, Bears, of course, coming off that uh, that tough three point loss to Cleveland last weekend. Um, defensively, they've been playing pretty well though over the past couple of weeks. Only San Francisco, believe it or not, has more takeaways than the the Bears this season. A unit that wasn't generating uh, turnovers really since the the acquisition of Montez Sweat in that trade with the Commanders has been completely transformed, and it's a, a more classically Chicago Bears defense first team that we're seeing this season or over the second half of this season. The offense though sputtered uh, against both Cleveland and Minnesota in the in the past couple of weeks. If you take the sample of the last four games, though, the Bears have played four teams with playoff aspirations. They played the Vikings, they played the Lions twice, they played the Browns. They've gone two and two in those games. The two games they've lost, they've been leading by double digits in the fourth quarter, which tells you a lot about the Bears' failings as well as their successes. Uh, I, I'll grant you, but I think they're in decent form at the moment. I think. This is not a game that, frankly, I think the Cardinals are necessarily ready for. I don't think that they've got enough to uh, to take the Bears at Soldier Field. I think uh, this is 
one of the games, if you're looking at the remaining schedule for Chicago, that they've got to have, that Iberflus's coach certainly has got to have his card maybe punched already. I, I fear for his sake, although I don't necessarily fear for Chicago's sake if that is to happen. Um, I think Cardinals coming off, you know, haven't beaten the, the, the Steelers two weeks ago. Took a comprehensive defeat or 16-point defeat at San Francisco over the weekend. I don't think there's any disgrace in that, though, having said that, given the way the 49ers have played. And I thought the Cardinals gave them plenty of it at times, which is kind of pretty much what they've been doing all this season. They've been pretty spicy and they've been hanging in and hanging around. I don't think the Bears are going to romp away with this one, but I do think it's going to be a Chicago victory at Soldier Fields. What do you think, lads? Uh, Bears to win in a high-scoring game. I think uh, both defences will be um, exposed and something. I think this one could be good. It could be down late to the fourth quarter. I think both teams will have success. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Bears win. Yeah, I'm going to go Bears as well on this one. I'm not sure it'll be high scoring, but I think the Bears will have enough. I think that is the first time in week 16 that all three of us have gone for the Bears in any given week. May, may God have mercy on their mortal souls. Right, that brings us to the end of our second segment of games. Right, we move 